0: Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Here for the Crack with me, Emma Neil. So this week I'm going to be talking about International Women's Day and women's rights and everything around that feminism and all that good stuff. I wasn't actually planning on talking about this this week, I have felt a little bit unmotivated in terms of what to talk about in my podcast this week there was although I have so many ideas there wasn't one that was really standing out to me and that I was like really wanting because my last two I've been so excited about it and I've really wanted to give it my all so this morning when I woke up feeling really motivated and passionate and just like ready to talk about this topic um, I was just so glad of it so yeah I'm really excited to talk about this today happy international women's day for yesterday well actually by the time you're listening to this it was probably two days ago but yeah i just want to start off by first of all celebrating how far we have come i saw this post on instagram with a few landmark dates for women in the uk so i'm just going to read some of them out just uh to honor that and to celebrate how far we've come so first of all, back in 1878, London University became the first British university to grant degrees and full membership to women. And then we're going to skip to 1919, when Nancy Astor be- became the first female MT- MP to take her seat in parliament. Then in 1928, all women over 21 were allowed to vote. So. That was the same age as men at the time. Uh, You had to be over 21 to vote as well as a man. Then in 1944, it was introduced that female teachers no longer had to leave their jobs when they married, which is insane. And then in 1967, abortion was legalised. Now, this is a UK statistic, so this is not the case in Northern Ireland. Abortion is, well, I mean... It's technically legal, but the DUP are actually in favour of anti-abortion. So, yeah, we're very behind at the times. We're talking 1967 here. Then in 1975, Equal Pay and Sex Discrimination Acts came into effect. However, still to this day there is a gap in pay and yeah sex discrimination does still exist so although that has come into effect it's still something we're fighting for and working on. So then in 1994 rape in marriage was made a crime which is insane like that's only 27 years ago that that was made a crime so yeah crazy stuff. So yeah, I just thought I would start off the podcast mentioning a few of those things just in celebration of how far we have come. And then I just thought it's important to consider that this day isn't just for celebrating women, but it's also really important to use it to bring up important conversations and and to recognise that we do still have things to fight for and we still don't have gender equality when it comes to everything so although legally we may have a lot more rights than we ever previously have had that doesn't mean that we don't still face discrimination because of our gender so just to touch on some of the things that we are still working towards because i know that for some reason feminism has been misconstrued and just given a bad name over the years and some people still to this day think that feminism is solely growing out your armpit hair like as if still people still think that so Just to touch on a few things that we're still working towards and the feminist movement is fighting for, is equal pay across the board. So white women currently make 82 cents for each dollar a white man makes in the same position. So I'm not talking just as an overall average, I'm talking like the exact same position, in the exact same role, working the same hours, making less money. We also want to fight for equal representation in the media. So between 2013 and 2018, 90.7% of all Grammy nominees were male and this can be seen not just in music but also TV, TV awards, even just movies like in lead roles to extras to behind the scenes so the directors, writers and producers. It's massively disproportionate and this is not because of a lack of talent or interest on females part Uh, it's more to do with women being nudged into lesser roles within their field of choice we also want equal representation in politics it is not hard to see that any government is outweighed by males and it's about time we had people to represent us nothing's ever going to change until the people high up in power, the people making legislation are actually representative of their own society. We also want equality when it comes to sex. Why is it that young girls and teenagers are still to this day often unaware that sex is also for female pleasure too? So the whole education system is literally, well sex education is based around the male. So that needs to change. Another big thing is fighting to end sexual harassment. So I'm not saying that sexual harassment doesn't happen like both ways, that it doesn't happen to males as well. However, the numbers are absolutely shocking. Um it is mostly women that are victims of this. And it's really important to ask yourself why that is. Why is it happening to mostly women? Why do women feel scared to go on a walk at night, but men can do whatever they want. So yeah, for anyone that thinks there's no place for feminism or that women do have complete equal rights to men, or if you're just one of those people that think that feminism is about not shaving your armpits, then I really hope that that has cleared things up and helped you understand why the feminism movement is still a thing. So, if you actually look up the definition of feminism on Google, it says that it is the advocacy of women's rights on the ground of the equality of the sexes. So, we're literally just talking about equality here. That's it. It's as simple as that. Now, I just want to say before I carry on with this that I completely understand and acknowledge that I don't go through the same things that, say, I black female does or a disabled female does or um, a trans woman does. I'm not for one second sitting here and saying that I have it to the same way that they do. Um, I understand that I am a white middle class female and so I'm by no means the most marginalised in society and I know that I will never experience or even fully understand what it's like to experience discrimination because of the colour of my skin or from because of being a trans woman or anything like that. So it is really important to remember that and to make sure you're listening to the voices of those people so that you're not just listening to white feminism because only learning about and therefore only tackling white feminism just creates more of a gap in race as well and a gap just within other issues. So it's really important that the feminist movement is inclusive of all women. So whether that's black women, Asian women, trans women, uh, disabled women, fat women, really skinny women, literally just all women, we need to be really conscious that we are not leaving anyone out of this and that we are listening to those of the, the, the voices of the most marginalized. So if you are a man or a boy listening to this, what are you doing personally to educate yourself on uh, on gender inequality so that you can help? And if you are a fellow white female, what are you doing to educate yourself on black women and what they experience and what they go through that you will never go through? So it's really important to understand how our country and the institutions and everything that it's built around. So like our schools and education and the policing, even the monarchy, as we saw in Meghan and Harry's interview the other night, although that was no surprise, um, are all just built on white supremacy and therefore racism. So it was kind of the interview, Meghan and Harry's interview last night that really sparked me wanting to talk about this. Because basically yesterday in work, so there's this lady and now she doesn't work for the same company as me but she's like always there and in the same room and she was just harping on about how much she disliked Megan and how she wouldn't be watching the interview and uh, how she could have gone a better way about it like just all this bullshit and it was really bothering me all day and I kept questioning her, I kept saying like why do you have this opinion of her because she hasn't done anything wrong she hasn't said a bad word about anyone so it's really clear to see that this is someone's unconscious racial biases coming into play or maybe conscious to be fair but yeah that someone's bias- racial biases are coming into play and influencing her opinion on a mixed race woman within the royal family if you are one of those people that seems to just really dislike Megan and you can't even, when someone asks you why, you can't even give them an answer, you really need to sit down and question yourself and your thoughts and question where this opinion is coming from um, and why you're vocalising it. And if this, if it's a case of that you're consuming, all the media you're consuming is turning you against her so whether that's newspapers or like magazines and things so if that's what's turning you against her first of all why are you only consuming that sort of media why aren't you looking for the other side of the story why aren't you following black rights activists on Instagram and seeing what seeing them compare for example the articles written about Kate Middleton to the articles written about Meghan Markle Why are you just believing everything that the media is putting out to you? Question why you're being so gullible to this because the answer is most likely due to your unconscious racial biases. Why do you feel so threatened by this incredible mixed race woman being in the royal family when she's done absolutely nothing to you? So yeah, this woman saying this and work was just eating away at me all day and I was questioning her about it and she wasn't able to give me any answers back, which was the most frustrating thing because then even she was realising herself that she had no reasons and then she'd just try and justify it by like nitpicking and I was just like, oh my god, you just are so racist and you probably don't even think you are. And it was so ironic as well to see on Instagram all these people posting Happy International Women's Day, like telling their friends Happy International Women's Day, and then just like talking the biggest amount of shite and slaughtering Meghan Markle. Like, sorry, what has this woman ever done to you? All she's done is be strong and powerful and stand up for what she believes in and put herself and her family first. So... I know for me, when when everything was happening with the Black Lives Matter movement, I really had to take a step back and look at the media I was consuming and realise that it was so whitewashed, like my whole Instagram was just so whitewashed. I wasn't giving myself any space for diversity amongst uh, what I was consuming, if that makes sense. So places like Instagram are a really good place to start when it comes to that because obviously you can't control what comes out in the papers and uh, online and stuff, but you can completely control who you follow and what you like and what you support. So yeah, I think it's really important to allow for that diversity amongst the media you're consuming um, and not just for education, but also just for you to start unraveling the biases that exist in your head and to give for example like so this girl I follow you should all go follow her she's incredible she's from Belfast she's called Angel Aratura And um, ever since the Black Lives Matter movement, she has been using her Instagram platform to educate people about racism within the UK. And she also stands up for a lot of other great things. She stands up for veganism. She's against fast fashion. She's just amazing. And she's constantly educating. um, And yeah, she's just a great person. And um, like recently there, she put up a a question uh, post on her Instagram story. Asking for recommendations for black yoga teachers. And I just looked at it and I thought, oh my god, like I do yoga every single day. And I could not tell you one single black yoga instructor on YouTube. And that's not because they don't exist. Like they do exist. Obviously they exist. They're there. But why um, but why am I not why am I not doing their classes as well? So it takes a lot of self-examination. Um and self-reflection and but you need to do that in order to make these changes and to move forward in unraveling your racial biases. If you're into makeup, why do you only follow one black makeup artist? If you're into fashion, why is your newsfeed ninety nine percent white skinny girls? Do you know what I mean? Like you really just need to examine the media you're consuming, question why you're consuming it and then start to diversify it so that you're getting so many more narratives and and just allowing room, just literally just allowing room for those narratives instead of living in a little white bubble. And this is not just about making up numbers. Do you know what I mean? The aim of this isn't so that you can just say, "Oh, I follow a fifty percent white, fifty percent black um, audience on Instagram." No, it's not for numbers. Just in the same way, when big companies have like diversity, what do you call it? Diversity quotas. Would you call it? So when they implement things like that, it's not to give. It's not. It's not to give people tokens because of the color of their skin. It's to give people opportunity that would otherwise be looked past and to give them a seat at the table and to give them the chance that they wouldn't have otherwise been given because maybe the middle-aged white man CEO doing the hiring doesn't when he sees a Jamaican name just doesn't even bother getting them in for an interview but that doesn't mean that they're not as skilled as or as qualified or have as much to give as anyone else so just in the same way that expanding the people you follow it's not to say it's not just to say that you follow this amount of black women it's to give them a seat at the table it's to hear their narrative and it's so that you can question yours and educate yourself and then be able to go on and educate those around you okay so i'm gonna move on to the next kind of subtopic i guess within this Um, and that was another thing that really annoyed me yesterday oh my god I just sound like a big wint but I just think these conversations are so important to have but it really bothered me that fast fashion brands such as Pretty Little Thing, Boohoo, Misguided, just literally all of them posting Happy International Women's Day posts, like sorry you literally are the definition of disempowering women if anything so the garment industry is made up of 80% women and the the vast majority of them are underpaid and that's if they are paid at all. So something really doesn't sit right with me when they're celebrating International Women's Day and all of their bloggers and their collaborators in, and but then on the other side of that they are underpaying all their garment workers and there's forced labour going on, there's awful workplace conditions It's time that we recognise that this day is not just to celebrate women in the West but women all over the world and as long as fast fashion still exists and these companies are still exploiting women on a huge scale, I just think, how dare they post like that? I don't know, it just seems so ingenious. It's like when fast fashion companies try and say they're like making steps towards sustainability, it's just, yeah, it's just all bullshit. No, I'm not sitting here and saying that I am perfect when it comes to fast fashion. I have made big changes in the way that I shop over the last, uh, I don't know, five months. So I really can't talk, seeing as I've only uh, made that change over the last five months, but I think it's important to recognize that there is a starting point for everyone. So it's never too late to educate yourself about the fast fast fashion industry and to start um implementing changes into your buying habits. So for example, I try and just buy everything on Depop now, and um, the most sustainable I mean the most sustainable thing you can do is just not shop at all, but that's not realistic for someone who is a lover of fashion. So I just try and get everything on Depop now. Don't get me wrong, I have had weak moments and I have. And purchase things and then I'm always just fill, filled with so much like guilt and shame about it and I like hate myself for it so I'm really trying to learn from that guilt and shame uh, to like prevent me from ever doing it again. I do understand however as someone with a platform on Instagram however small it might be um, and even just like doing dances on TikTok with different clothes on all the time even if they are coming from Depop I'm still adding to the to the like rhetoric of having to constantly get new clothes and always be seen in different outfits like I do realize that even so even in trying to do my part sustainably and to shop sustainably I still understand that showing myself in these different clothes adds to that if that makes sense and um, for example the other day like on uh on the weekend there on Saturday I did a TikTok dance in these jeans and now I'm not going to say the name of the company because it is a fast fashion brand that I don't support and I think their clothes are awful quality as well so I just I just wouldn't promote them and I wouldn't yeah I wouldn't want to tag them in anything even though I was wearing them cuz I did just get them on Depop and but then all of a sudden like all these people are asking where did you get your trousers from oh my god your trousers are unreal and then even without me and like I refused to answer any of them or and to say where they were from but even without me doing that there was people in my comments replying to those t- telling them where they were from so yeah even just by having a platform and just by wearing clothes you're always gonna by default be promoting consumption in a way i guess i'm not no i don't judge anyone for purchasing fast fashion as i said i only made these changes um not even half a year ago and also i understand that i'm saying this as like a slim slim female who doesn't have any issues with getting stuff secondhand and on Depop in my size. So I know that there are people that would struggle with getting their sizes um, on those platforms. So yeah, I, I'm not like here to judge. I'm just talking about something else that annoyed me. I just seem to go off on a tangent, But yeah, I'm just talking about something else that uh, annoyed me yesterday on International Women's Day. Just the hypocrisy behind those fast fashion brands was ridiculous. Yeah, I'm not um, sitting here claiming to be perfect. I still have so much to learn and to educate myself about when it comes to feminism and intersectional feminism, so like racism and feminism combined. But I just think as long as you are taking steps in the right direction to do so and to educate yourself and you're questioning things like the media you're consuming and the people you follow, the books you're reading, even asking yourself why you think it is that you dislike a particular female CEO or like a successful woman online? Is it why is it that you're saying that she seems like a bitch? Is it because you've been unconsciously taught that women are held to a certain standard and they have to be loving and maternal and not speak up for themselves or otherwise they're seen to be a bitch? Ask yourself why you choose to believe the articles about Megan and why you chose to then go and Talk to your colleagues about it and say that something didn't sit right with you when it comes to her, or that she could have gone about it in a different way. So, yeah, just keep questioning yourself and keep educating yourself. And finally, don't just learn these things and educate yourself and then just like keep it all to yourself. If you have a platform, use it. If you have a boyfriend or a husband or a even like your family, so like your dad or your brother who thinks that feminism is a step too far or, and that women have all they need and equality is being reached, educate them, show them why and how they're wrong, tell them how they can be an ally, um, what they can do in a position of power or in their workplace, um, with their friends, uh, yeah, just in all these places to fight for equality. Also, if you have kids, make sure you are somehow educating your kids on gender equality. Make sure that the books you're reading to them and the movies you're watching with them have diverse characters and important teachings about feminism and about racism. Teach your girls their worth and how powerful they are. And a big one for me is speaking out when you can. So in your workplace, call out, ra- or call out sexism, call out racism and call it out amongst your friends, your family. I kind of struggle. I don't struggle with this, I I do this all the time, but it, it, it always ends up in an argument. Like I have a hard time doing it without going psycho about it, I guess. So yeah, I'm definitely still learning how to approach these confrontations better without causing a blow up or ending in tears or falling out with someone. Um, these things do happen though, especially when you're passionate about certain topics and especially when that passion is met with defensiveness and stubbornness of people who don't want to be challenged about their opinions or their actions, but it doesn't have to end in this way. It can literally just be a simple, like, I don't agree with the words you used um, to I don't know, describe this. Um, It'd be great if you could educate yourself on the implications that a phrase like that has, as I'm I'm just not comfortable knowing that it's being used in the workplace. So just something simple like that, um, not starting an argument, you know, doesn't have to be (laughs) a big (laughs) blow up, just letting someone know that you're not comfortable with it. And then if it is met with defensiveness and they want to start an argument, just remain calm and at least you've just said that you're not comfortable with it. You don't need to elaborate on that and um, you can just let it be down to that person to go away and to take what they want from it and to educate themselves about it but yeah I definitely need to take my own advice where that's concerned because staying calm is uh, it's not really in my radar I guess but I know that going nuts about something isn't always the best way to convey your message and what you have to say and a lot of the time if you start at it from an aggressive perspective then you're only going to be met with aggression so so yeah something i'm trying to work on i want to finish off this podcast by just giving a few recommendations uh book recommendations specifically Just so that anyone who has listened to this and has decided to go away and further educate themselves on feminism and intersectional feminism so that you maybe have a starting point. So first book I'm going to recommend is one I read not that long ago. It's called How to Get Over a Boy by Chidera Egerow. Don't be put off by the title of this book being How to Get Over a Boy. You don't have to be going through a breakup or getting over someone to read this you can be happily single or happily in a relationship it is just a good book for understanding your worth and how your partner or future partner can be a better ally it also just covers intersectional feminism and um, yeah, it's a really good read, and it's a really easy read. Chidera's way of writing is very casual, and you almost feel like she's just kind of having a chat with you, which is nice. She also features on some really good podcasts. If you just look up either Ch- her name, Chidera Aggrey, or her in- what she's known as on Instagram, the Slum Floor, um, you'll see there she's been on quite a few podcast interviews and she has some panel discussions on YouTube so if you just look up her name on both uh, Spotify and YouTube you'll be able to see all the content that she's a part of another one i read not that long ago was why i'm no longer talking to white people about race so this book's mostly about black history and systemic racism within the UK but there is so it's a really good read but um If I'm talking specifically about books about feminism, there is a chapter within this book about feminism. Another one I really loved was called Period Power by Maisie Hill. Now, this is not a book about feminism. This is a book about female hormones. I just find it really empowering learning all about my body and about my hormones and why things happen. And it just made me feel so... I don't know just powerful at the end of it I was like oh my god everyone needs to read this so yeah I would really recommend that then some some other books that are on my reading list so I haven't read these yet but I definitely will sometime soon I have the biggest reading list ever so it's taken me a long time to get through it but first one I've actually already bought this so it's on my shelf waiting for me to read is called Girl, Woman, Other by Bernadine Ivaristo so this one's actually a novel, um, and it follows the lives, it follows the lives, sorry, and the struggles of twelve different characters, who are mostly Black British women. Apparently, there are themes of race, class, privilege, sexuality, and gender. And I saw one review that said that this book is an invitation to consider, question, and challenge, and that it's a very important read for modern day Britain. So I look forward to reading that one. Another one I really want to read is called We Should All Be Feminists. So this is actually a book-length essay by a Nigerian author talking about the definition of feminism for the 21st century. So I thought that would be interesting. And then another one, I thought this would just be a really cute book to have, you know, like in your toilet or on your coffee table or something. It's called Feminists Don't Wear Pink and Other Lies. And it is the description says amazing women on what the F word means to them so it's kind of just like little quotes and paragraphs of um, iconic women and what feminism means to them and then lastly a book I would love to read is called This Will Be My Undoing Living at the Intersection of Black, Female and Feminist in White America by Morgan Jerkins so yeah there's some recommendations and resources for anyone who does want to further educate themselves obviously there are so many more books podcasts um youtube videos movies uh, all types of media and that i haven't mentioned there i just thought i would give a little list so that some people had a bit of a starting point but yeah there's heaps of information out there so i'm gonna leave it there for today's podcast thank you so much everyone for listening and happy international women's day to all you gorgeous women please play this as well to all your partners and dads and brothers so that they can start educating themselves as well. Because unfortunately we will never be able to tackle gender inequality without the help of men. Also I would just like to add that I am fully aware I don't speak about these issues perfectly. I'm not claiming to but I would just rather speak about them imperfectly and get be corrected on anything if needs be then as opposed to just like not talking about them at all but thank you so much for listening i will talk to you next time